Oh, how we need to hear from heaven. <laughs> Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Open hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, the church, in this time. A censor that needs reckoning now. Send your angels out, Lord, to bring in the souls to hear what your spirit is speaking. For believers to be convicted and the lost to be converted. Send your spirit to quicken the dead and rebellious souls into the light, the truth, and saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We come to you with repentant hearts to stand in the gap with our prayers as you lift up a hedge against the powers, wealth, and heathenistic attitudes of politicians who are trying to close up the church and the mouths of spiritual saints. Father, you said the gates of hell should not prevail against your church. We repent for not seeking to have knowledge of your word, for letting fear replace faith, and for a lack of hope which has kept us back from standing therefore. So we go in intercessory prayer and in action to push back the gates of hell with our praise and free worship. We believe, but help our unbelief. We stand with you in the power of the Holy Ghost to think, believe, speak, and walk by your spirit until Jesus returns for us. We plead the blood of Jesus over America, over the body of Christ, and over our government to maintain our constitutional rights and freedom to worship as we please. Because Jesus lives and lives in us, we live. We're not just surviving, but we're thriving. We're living in Jesus. We push back in the name of Jesus, the Prince of the Air, to declare that God's truth will pre prevail over this body of believers. Lies and deceit and, or transformation of understanding will be rendered powerless in Jesus' name. I pray that you have ears to hear what the Lord is speaking directly to each and every one of you as he speak into your spirit. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're in uh, Philippians 4, continuing on from where we left off last week uh, with verse 9. And this will be considered as part 5 of Philippians, verses 9 through 23. And of course, we know the title of this series is called The Church Needs a Heart Transplant. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read the scriptures and then we'll go back and dissect the scriptures. And so beginning at verse 9, he says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but we lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. 
for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desired a gift, but I desired fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound all. I am full, having received uh, Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you chiefly that they that are Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, in verse 9, Paul is, 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 is really referring to the things he had just said in verses 6 to 8. So I need to read that to kind of to refresh us so we can follow through. Because um, in 6 he says, Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, we dissect that verse last week, so you do understand when, what he meant when he says, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving to let your requests be made known. Okay. And when you do that, he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus shall guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Well, when you know how to daily, regularly, not just once a day, but regularly go to God in prayer with your petition, thanking him as if you have already received your answer, then God's peace will transcend all understanding and will give you the comfort that you need to keep on going even though it hasn't happened yet. That is an art that we, the body of Christ, have to learn to operate in. When we come together in, in classes and in service and we're reading the word and we're dissecting the word, it is not a pastime and it's not a class time to get a grade for you to, to elevate to the next grade. It is for the intent of equipping you so that you can live as the overcomer that Jesus says you are by the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. We cannot overcome the things of this world, the cares of this world, without having to understand what he is telling us out of his word, how we're to think act and do that's the whole intent for it and it and 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 when we do less than that then we're going to suffer amen so he says in verse 8 he says so finally because you've done what is necessary to do brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. This is what will give you the ability to want to praise and, and, and to be uh, thankful of 
because there is virtue in anything good that's being given unto the Lord. Amen. So this is why he says in nine, those things which you have both learned and received. The key word in that statement is received. You can hear stuff that will give you some information, but if you don't receive that information so you can walk out on that information, you have no wisdom and your life is never going to get better. Amen. Amen. So he's saying you have both learned them and you have received them and you've heard them and seen them operate even in me because I am not telling you to do things that I haven't experienced myself. That's what makes him so emphatic about it or any, any preacher or teacher that's giving you stuff is when they have, have experienced these things and God has shown himself strong in them. And so they come with the passion. People see you acting, you know, well, times how I may act. They don't understand this passion because I'm not just giving you lip action. I'm coming from a point of experience. Amen. And when you have taste and seen what God can do, you are op going to operate in passion. So, so he says, and because you have learned, received, and heard, and following the pattern after what you see that I'm doing, the God of peace shall be with you. Yes. His peace goes with us. It goes along with his, with his words. We must, we must occupy our minds with the right things and busy ourselves with the right activities. So we occupy our minds with the right things that shows up in verse six. Because the, see, the more you get into it, the more it becomes common for you to do it. Amen? So we occupy those things in verse six, okay? And so when we do things in verse 6, you're using your mouth, your tongue. You're speaking. Amen. You're speaking what God has said. Okay? And so when you do that, and then you become, you, you busy yourself with the activities of what you spoke. Then God's peace just resonates all over you. Because the word gives us instructions. Correction, direction, and reproof. Reproof is it corrects us from what we've been doing that is out of line with God's plan. And, and if you can't receive the correction, then you're never going to improve. You're never going to elevate in the things of the spirit. You don't elevate in the things of the spirit because you just, okay, God, just do it to me too. You know, when people see other people operating in, in the spiritual stuff, uh, well, I like to do that too, Lord. And when you come up here to this altar, the, you know, in the high time, uh, don't expect for God to have you acting like somebody else who's been, who's been in God's face for years, Amen. who's a seeker of God and, and also put it in operation. Come up here 
to humble yourself and to surrender your will, surrender your way unto the Lord because I want to taste and see too. And what he does, he imparts some things in you to let you know where you need to step it up a little. He shows you uh, 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 what you need to see to receive in your heart, and he speaks some things to you, and if you hearken to that, you will get to the place that you so desire to want to be. This is not for show. God wants to meet you here. That's why he says, come to my altar, because I want to meet you there, and I want to bless you, and I want to bring change in your life and bring you peace. And this is where my grace and mercy is just laying here for you. With 10 and 11, Paul is saying, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last, your care or your concern for me flourishes again. Wherein you were also careful, but yet lacked the opportunity. So you've been revived again, and so now when you are ready to give me care, uh, I am grateful and thankful because, not because you're giving me the care, but because you're doing what is right in the sight of God that's going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Ultimately, yeah. you're going to get the return. Yeah. He says, not that I speak in respect of a, of, of a need, he says, because, see, I've been in a position where I have learned how to be in any situation. So I, I don't need you to do for me because I have a need. I need you to do for me because I want to see you blessed greater. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah. hallelujah, Jesus. Because your return is going to be greater. So when you learn how to give out, but you're doing it out of humility and love, you get back greater than what you put out. But when you're always on the receiving side, it's always about you and what you're getting. You don't get to experience the blessings like that because selfishness don't get no return. You got it all. You got all that you're going to get, unless it's something bad or negative, okay? But when you're giving out of the goodness of your heart, and you so desire to please the Lord, then that's when you're going to receive a return. And so Paul says in, 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 in verse 12, he says, I have learned how to abase, and I've learned how to abound. I've been in both situations. I've learned how to live humbly, and I've learned how to live in prosperity. I remembered uh, when, uh, and, and, and you know, there's times in our lives that God allowed uh, some things to happen because he's trying to get you yes. to another place yes. in him, mm-hmm. and he's trying to also elevate your faith. And, and, and human flesh can always come up with, with, with negative reasons why these are happening. You must have been in sin and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I remember when our house caught on fire that I no longer had a job. I think Max's job went out. There was no income. 
And the reason why we couldn't get the house repaired because because there was no income, whatever we were getting, we paid rent. We didn't pay insurance. Insurance at that time was a luxury. How to how to keep the roof of our head was a primary thing. Okay, so um, during those times, which I could have fainted, given up, but I cried out to the Lord every day. I'm not telling you that I did this in strength. I grew in strength because I cried out to the Lord every day and the Lord led me and he guided me how to make it in a time that like Paul, I had to abase. So I learned how to work the coupon system. I learned how to clear out the freezer by fixing all, using one kind of meat, but fixing it all different kinds of ways. Okay. So you learn some skills and you're thankful to God that you can do it yeah. amen so like paul i learned how to abase but let me tell you when you learn how to abase and be thankful and grateful that's when god will pull you out to prosperity yes, hallelujah. okay and so he began to start pulling us out and blessing us and i remember my sister deke had to come to me and she said because i'm still doing the same things i was doing with nothing, I'm still doing those same skills. But I didn't really have to do it now because God has blessed me. And she says, the Lord says for you to come out of that impoverished thinking. You've been blessed. Okay, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. So it's like, you don't have to live like that now because he's lifted you up. And let me tell you, he lifted, he really lifted us up and, um, and when I started uh, catering, I'm like, God, I'm just thankful if I get one job a month. I'm grateful. Well, it flourished so that I had to hire people in order to keep up with the business. And I was working every day as if I had had an, a building, a catering building, okay? Then because I was just overladen with work and worn out, people said, be careful for what you pray for. I remember one person in particular, I'm not going to say who there was, and I said, well, you know what the odd thing is? I didn't pray for this. This is the fruit. Because even in that impoverished state, when people gave, gave us donations or whatever, I would tie it off of that. I was giving off of whatever that I got, okay? So the blessings was overflowing because of the seed that was planted. And remember, you don't get a seed, you get a harvest. Amen. Amen. You get a harvest back. And I couldn't beat God's giving. And so I, wouldn't compl- I wasn't going to complain about how I was so overworked, I was worn out. I had to sit down and, and sit down and pray for, for strength to keep on going because God was blessing according to my faith and, and how I had been given. So then I came out of the place of a base and get, went into the place of abounding. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when you do that with a good attitude, you come out better. You come out a better person than you went in. Now, the Lord had to allow that to happen. I'm being very transparent, and I'm getting tired of God putting my stuff out here like he does. But he had to allow this to happen, because if he didn't, 
there's no telling where we would have ended up being. And, and let me tell you the reason why was because we individually had to learn how to always manage to have and never be without, and it wasn't good. I had never suffered Amen. and didn't intend to. And, 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 and his way of acquiring wealth was not, it was not a good thing. So the Lord had to show us, I am your provider, Amen. not a job, Amen. not hustling, Amen. not doing your thing, Amen. making demands. It, no, I am your provider. Amen. And you're going to have to learn how to trust me now that I am your Lord. Yeah. See, when the other guy was your Lord and you hadn't given up on him, you kept doing your thing. But now that I'm your Lord, you're going to have to learn how to trust me and lean on me. So in order for you to wake up, God sometimes have to strip you down. He has to strip you all the way down. Amen. For you to wake up and realize. And so that's why those things were happening. So though they were bad at the time, they turned out to be a great blessing. They can't turn out to be a great blessing because it changed. I can only speak for me. It changed who I was to become who God wanted me to be. That's why I'm saying so much of what I say, the passion is because I've walked through some stuff. Amen. And God has proven himself to me Amen. in my life. Yeah. And that's how your faith is elevated. Amen. We want everything to just work out perfectly. And because now you have come to Christ, now everything is just going to be, oh, wonderful. Well, let me tell you, if that was the case, you don't grow. And your character doesn't improve. You still think and operate the same way you did before Christ. Because it's through the trials and the tribulations. That's why James says, count it as joy as you go through. He didn't say, stay in, go through. And when you count it as joy, praising and worshiping God, you will come through. I can remember being in that situation and, 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 Stuff messed up, burn up, and can't be fixed, and praising God as I'm mopping a floor that was burned up. But praising and thanking God in spite of. Amen. And what did God do? The, the floors is all burned up. We got plastic on the ceiling to keep the elements from coming, coming in. Can't use the stove. Using a hot plate in, in the basement. Just, just a mess, but I'm praising and worshiping God, and I'm cleaning in spite of. Amen. I'm not waiting for it to be restored. I'm cleaning in there the best way I can in spite of and thanking the Lord. Okay? So what does he do? He sent someone to me with the plan to restore my house. I didn't have to go nowhere. They came to me. And said, we're going to do this, that, every stuff that wasn't even a result of a fire. Amen. Just restored the house brand new. So that, that kitchen floor became a beautiful floor with hardwood. 
glory hallelujah jesus everything was beautified and 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 new and it didn't cost me one penny and i was not in debt do y'all understand that's god god showed me how i could provide for you you don't have to do anything but trust me obey obey me serve me and watch what I, what I will do for you. We always trying to come up with a plan and figure it out. Trust God. Seek God first. God, what would you have me to do? And if he ain't saying nothing, that means you don't do nothing. Until you hear from him. Don't do anything until you hear from him. And when you hear from him, obey him and follow his ways. You, you see... To live a base or a bound takes discipline. To live either way, it takes discipline. Amen? And receiving wisdom from above, from the Lord. And it it, it takes humility, not anger and disgust because of the lack or or a feeling of entitlement. You know, we we think, well, I deserve, I've been, okay. I'm going to use one. It's going to hit some toes. I know for a fact. I, be, I worked 50 years, 40 years, all of my days. I deserve to just sit back and enjoy. Enjoy what? If you're sitting back, you've shut down. You have relaxed, resisted. Life ain't doing you no good. It's just passing you by. Well, who said you were entitled to that? Where's the law in the Bible that says, well, I've given you dominion for 50, 40 years, and after that, I want you to sit back. Where's that in the Bible? He says to work till he returns. And the more you work, the more you stay in the game, the younger, right, that you will remain. Amen. Let me tell you, the enemy will talk that noise to you because he wants to destroy you and he don't want you to glorify God with your life. And God is glorified when you are looking like Sarah, beautiful, youthful, agile, and enjoying life. And when you you go to the doctors and stuff, they're like, okay, now tell me, Give me the date of your birth again. You're not on any medication. Let me tell you, that's flourishing in the Lord. That's what he wants. But when you sit around and you listen to the lies that Satan wants to tell you, the shut down, sit down, close off, cut off. He's doing that because he wants to destroy you. He wants to take all of your vitality. He wants to take your strength, your energy, your youth. He wants to take everything from you, and he wants you to major on the minor. Rather than giving it to the Lord and just saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank, thank you, Father, for all my needs are met through Christ Jesus. Amen. As a believer... That's the kind of language we're supposed to have. As a believer, those are the kind of actions we're supposed to exude. Now, if you're not a believer, then okay, can keep doing what you do because you can't do any differently. But as a believer, you've been empowered. 
You've been empowered by the blood of Jesus. You also been equipped by the authority in his name to do a whole lot better than what you're doing. Now, it's your choice because he's given us a free will to sit on your behind and complain and whine and blame. Now, you keep doing that. But guess what? When you see Jesus at Judgment Day, I want to know what you're going to answer him when he says, what did you do with the things he's given you? I mean, natural abilities that he's given you that you choose to lay down on because you think you're supposed to rest the rest of your days or you deserve or you're entitled or, or if they hadn't or if she hadn't said and, and it's just not fair. We just need to grow up in Christ. In Christ. When we are thankful in all things, God will order your steps and keep you. And he keeps those whose mind stays on him. From both experiences, not just when you are bounding, but when you are abasing as well. You can learn much that will improve your character. It elevates your character. Amen. A person whose major concern is to have money and not understanding as to why and what would you have me to do, Lord? See, when these trials and these, these uh, tribulation times come, what you should be said to talking about, well, why me? Oh, God. Oh, Lord, what would you have me to know in this? What would you have me to do during this time? That's what we need to be asking. Help me to handle it gracefully. Bridle my tongue. Set a guard around the door of my lips so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, would be acceptable to you, O Lord. Don't let me speak out what I feel like speaking. Help me to be who you want me to be during this time. Let me see the plans you have so I can rise above my limited low-down thinking. When bad things happen, the Lord has either set it up to happen or is allowing it to happen. Why? In order to grow us up in him. To to improve our character and to to prepare us for the work of the kingdom. See, If you're not doing anything in the kingdom, it's not because God didn't call you. It's because you haven't chosen to to rise up to the occasion and to even find out what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Okay? Paul is the perfect example of the kind of person that we need to be as Christians. Okay, let's go over to, hold your your place in Philippians. Let's go over to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to read verses 16 through 19 see when you when you when you have your mind on the wrong thing and 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 it seems to be the driven the thing that drives you and you think you can't make it because of your income verse uh, verse 19 of Matthew 6 says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doeth corrupt or ruin it and where thieves break through and steal in other words anything tangible that you have laid up for yourself and you put all of your uh, uh, 
what your your interest and your and, and your worth and your future in to things that are tangible like money and stuff. He says, what you've done is you just laid up stuff. It's going to decay. It's going to corrupt. It's not lasting. It's not going to last. Okay. And, and, and somebody may even steal it from you. Either just come out, take it, or mentally work it out of you. Okay. He says, this, this stuff wasn't made to last. It was made for you to govern it under my wisdom. It was made for you to control it with my wisdom to make it work as a prophet during its time span, but not to become your lifespan. Amen. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. What is the treasures in heaven that you're going to lay up? It means that you have a intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus and you're seeking to live life to serve him. So it's the spiritual things that you do. Now, when I say spiritual things, you can do natural things on your job that are spiritual that's going to help somebody else because you happen to know the word. See, you can be on your job and speak out precepts without speaking the word and and not sounding like a walking Bible to a person to turn them off, but you're you're speaking some uh, some precepts of wisdom that's going to open their eyes and go like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you, jive talk, have never helped anybody out of their situation that they're drowning in. Little cute stuff. Talk, sugar talk, where Kushites is trying to get, make it, you know, I'm trying to say it without sounding real street, but y'all get the message. Okay. It can't do not one thing for you. Don't add not one cubit to your height. Don't improve your thinking ability. Don't give you no wisdom. And don't have no money because people who do a whole lot of talking, come on. And if they had it, they ain't going to use it for you. They just a lot of mouth. Amen. Amen. So forget the dumb stuff. Figure out what is it that God would have you to do with everything in your life. Ask God to teach you how to speak right. Ask God to control your thoughts. Ask God to help you with your attitude. So that you can respond appropriately physically even before you speak out stuff. Because see, the greatest damage is not as much as what is coming out. Because that can be just ignored. But the greatest damage is the body language. And the eye action. That is such a turn off that nobody don't want to be bothered with you. Those are things that corrupts and don't last. It's what we learn from the Lord that means then you learn how to sacrifice you. It's not about you. You learn how to lay your life down. That's what the Bible says, that a a true biblical friend lay their life down for a friend. There's not always about me, 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 me. That's the issue. That's what's wrong with our world. Okay? 
And unbelievers can't come to know anything differently when they see you act just like they do. Some of us act worse than they do. So we're going to lay up treasures in heaven. And he says, why? Because 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. So don't tell me, I love the Lord. I'm saved when you're doing all these evil, wicked things and you speak a bunch of wicked stuff all the time, and, and, you, and you're, it's just almost impossible to get along with you, and, and you don't do most things right, don't tell me about you love the Lord. Amen. If you love the Lord, you would be humble, and it's like, God, help me. I want to do better. Yes, I want to change. I don't want to be like this. Yes. And you will see yourself for who you really are, yes. opposed to the image you have had lied to yourself about. Yes. It will cause you to have to come down. And then when you do, let me tell you, there's no greater peace than to know, to be truthful with God so you can be truthful with yourself. Because that facade that you're trying to put, carry forth all the time, that's a weight. And it becomes a besetting sin because it's going to trip you up and cripple you up even when you're not even thinking about it. So you, you want to be right in his sight and you want your heart to be right because you are treasuring heavenly things, not earthly things. Amen. 22 says the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, the whole body should be full of light. That means my focus, this eye, this eye, my heart is focused on the Lord. The light of the Lord lights up my body. Okay? But if that eye be evil, and, 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 and that means natural and unhealthy, natural and unhealthy, thy whole body should be full of darkness. That's why I'm saying, don't talk to me about you're saving, you love the Lord, but 95% of the time you live like hell. You can't talk that yang. Because the Bible just said, when it's evil, your whole body's full of darkness. Amen. It's full of darkness. And you think you're getting over, and just because you throw out a few hallelujahs and yes, Jesus, that, that you're a spiritual person? No, baby. It's your character. Amen. And it's your consistent action. You don't even have to ever say hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. But your character will let people know, and then aura from you will let people know who you are in Christ. Amen. You don't have to tell nobody anything. You don't have to say anything. It shines through your body. It comes through. He says, um, um, let me do 23 again. It's worth saying it again. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body should be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Glory. Because no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot be loyal to having stuff and riches and serve God all at the same time. They don't work together. Okay, let's go back over to 
Philippians 4 and um, 13 and 14, Paula says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That means I can abase and amen, and I can abound through Christ who strengthens me. He says, notwithstanding, you have well done that you did share in my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, there was no other church that communicated and gave to me. And, um, and he says, and yet I'm not seeking this uh, out of a need, but I'm just, I'm just speaking how, how God blessed me through you. So he says, well, this is, I'm paraphrasing what I think is it. Don't get it twisted. I have done well. What you've done for me wasn't out of, uh, out, out of a need because I've done well because I've trusted in the Lord. And that is why he sent you to me because I was trusting him for everything. He sent my help through you. So my boast is in the Lord as I'm thanking you for sharing with me. Because if it wasn't for the Lord, you wouldn't have been awakened to do what you did. Amen. Amen. And that's why you can thank, thank the Lord. And that's why you don't have to fret. He will make your enemies your footstool. But you keep your focus and your trust in him and watch won't he work and what he will do for you. Amen. Because he says in 17, not because I desired a gift, but what I desired more was for you to abound and for the fruit that you have planted to abound plentiful for you. That's what his hope and his desire was. He says, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. You, you see, you reap the benefits. You get the fruit of, of your labor. 19 proves it out because he says, but my God, the God that I serve, the God that I trust, the God that I lean on, the God that I've been praying to, the God that's been moving you because I've been praying and seeking him. Hallelujah. And because you chose to obey, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches that are in glory. Amen. He has more than enough. And he knows what you need, when you need it, and how you need it. But we need to put our trust and our confidence in him more than in the calculation of the banking system and your employer. Trust God more. Watch what God will do. Sometimes he will move on your employer. He don't have a clue why he's doing what he's doing. You can get favor from the bank and they're like, I don't know how it happened, but there's more in your account and you didn't even make a deposit. Trust, learn to just lean and trust on the Lord and watch what he will do. He will work things out that you couldn't even be, begin to think about that they could ever work. But he, how would you know if you don't trust him? How would you know if you don't ever try him? You have to try him sometime. Instead of just, just doing nothing and then just sitting around just thinking that, I don't know what you're thinking, because I don't know what... What you think has been a long time since I used to be stupid. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I don't know what you think because my first thought is, is, oh, God, 
give me a prayer I need to pray in order for me to overcome this situation. Amen. That's how I think. Give me a prayer that I need to pray to deal with whatever I think I'm feeling in my body so you can deal away with it and, and let me know how I need to pray effectual, fervent prayer. I don't want to receive this. And God will give you that. I know that he will give you. I mean, when I'm sitting up in the, in, in the office of a, a doctor, uh, a dentist, or a optometrist or whatever, waiting for them to come in, you know, they have already prepped up and waiting. And the doctor being with you for a few minutes, and I'm sitting up, sitting up in that room, I'm praying. I'm praying I'm going to get a good report. I'm praying it's going to be a short visit. Praying that you bless these people when they come in here and, and you, you work through them and give them the skill and the knowledge that they need to know so they don't be messing up. Amen. I'm not just sitting up there tittling, waiting, and like, oh, okay, Doc, when he come in, ah, oh, you know, like I'm so dependent on what you're going to come in here and tell me. No, the doctor's been here already. Amen. You just come in here and follow suit. Amen. Okay, now the last part, which is, you know, Paul always exit out of his letters the way he enter in with a great salutation and a wonderful greeting, which is what the Lord tells us with the, in the Lord's Prayer. He gives us the profile by his prayer, Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, that when you come to God, you enter in with praise, adoration, giving the thanks. You exit the same way you went in. You don't go in, oh, begging, and then come out, and that's it. You go in with praise, adoration, and then you petition him, and then you leave out with praise, thanksgiving, and adoration like you've already received it. Yeah. When you do that, then he don't mind showering his gifts on you. But when you just go up and you just whining and complaining, and that's all, and giving him your bucket list, you don't see anything. Yeah. Why? Because you have not used the power to pull down from heaven what you need to come here on earth. And he's given us the, not only the authority in his name, but he's given us the power. The power is to be able to speak the words that will cause him to get up off his throne. Amen. And come down on just on your behalf. How do I know that? Let's go over to Psalms 18. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need to stop playing. Because we serve a real living God. A, a, a faithful God. Psalms 18. Okay, when um, David goes to the Lord, and he's and he's and and he's telling the Lord about his situation. Okay, I, I just have to do it. I, this is one of my favorite ones. I just got to read some of this. Okay. <laughs> I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. You, you, you see, he was at a weak point. Mm -hmm. But what did he say? My strength. Okay. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. See, that's how you talk to God. That's praise. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. He didn't go like, save me, Lord. He know his Lord, so he says, I will be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. I will be healed. Amen. I will be made whole. Amen. I will make it. I will have what I need. I will prosper. Amen. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 
so shall I be saved from my enemies. He says, the sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. Now, see, he praised him about the outcome, but then the hell starts to pop out. Okay? Listen, listen. But he praised God for the outcome before the hell broke out. Okay? The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears then look what happened then the earth shook and trembled the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth because he was angry because all hell broke loose against one person and he got angry and he rose up okay there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. He came down from heaven and when he comes down, he's the light of the world and all the darkness and all the hell that you're facing gets up under his feet when he shows up. And he will show up for one person. When you have that kind of faith and belief and you enter into his presence with praise and with thanksgiving. Amen. Okay, you all can continue to read the rest of this on your own and build up your faith in him. Because all of this, uh, oh God, all of this, and this is a long song, okay? It's talking about what God did for David. Amen. And he delivered him because he knew how to come into his presence with praise and thanksgiving. And he knew how to call on him, on, on God for what he need, not saying, well, I don't know why all this is happening and this is happening and that is happening. No, he declared, uh, so-and-so is happening, but God will. So-and-so is happening, but God shall. So-and-so is happening, but I thank you, God, I have overcome. (laughs) He wasn't sitting up there whining and complaining about, oh, this hurt and that hurt. I don't know why this is hurting. No, you don't know why. So while you're sitting up there meditating on it, you ask God, tell God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. But what I do know, you are my Lord and my Savior. You are my healer. You took 37 strikes for me on the cross. You can do all things but fail. You are the God of impossibilities. I don't know and I don't care as long as you don't leave me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's prepare our hearts for a short benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, traveling mercies as you leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.